The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, before we get into the podcast, I want to tell you guys about Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, bringing the heat again this week with a $300,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters main event. This is the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind you will find for Week 10, and remember, only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com with referral code FNTSY and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is our weekly NFL DFS preview show. You'll get the full flagship show tomorrow. And then uh, if you are a DailyRoto.com subscriber, you get the full breakdown uh, cash game talk, GPP-specific tournament uh, discussion on Saturdays on the paid feed. But this is uh, just a show where me and Michael Leone are going to argue with each other for an hour about. Let's uh, go. Yeah, we're we're just going to argue, and it's going to be it's going to be a good time. And you know what? We're just going to start because we were already arguing before the show started. So we're just going to start here, Michael. If you were doing the pricing for DraftKings, what would you make Mike Evans' price at home to the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, probably like low eight thousands. So you you you. We're arguing with me, but you agree with me that the price is too low. Well, I mean, $500 for a receiver with so much variance, it's not like you're absolutely smashing a receiver because he's $500 too cheap. Not a, not a ton of, not, hey, 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 not and a ton of variance of Mike Evans right now, baby. And you said he should be priced more than Michael Thomas, who we have projected for seven more points, more than a touchdown's worth of points. Can I, can, I, can I wager on this with you? Can I wager that Mike Evans will not be outscored by seven points by Michael Thomas? Well, you're taking the... You're saying that we're way wrong, and then you're using what we have as the over-under. That doesn't make any sense. You got to go like halfway. I'll give you three and a half. No, because you are saying that the projections have it as seven. Yeah, so in my opinion, it's 50-50 whether or not he gets outscored by seven. If you're saying that's way wrong, you got to put the line somewhere in the You think it's 50-50? Yeah. You even even know who Mike Evans is? Do you even watch the games, dude? You've been waiting for these last three games for Mike Evans so that you could do this. But we're going to get... These are the... uh, Mike (laughs) Evans goes four for 60. So this is a this is a true story. These last three games have been Mike Evans's third, fourth, and fifth best fantasy games ever of his six year career. Do you honestly think anything has changed from before those three games? I I actually do. I I actually do. Changed. I mean, we loved Mike Evans heading into this three game stretch. We loved him last. Well, okay, no, I guess I shouldn't say. I don't think anything has changed over this three game stretch. I just think that him not being better than Godwin over the first five weeks was just variance. And I think that this is closer to what we projected. Yeah. I mean, but, but well, hold on. Rewind a little bit. They're both really good receivers. 
in a high upside offense and the way that Jameis distributes targets, just some weeks, some guys, like one of the two gets an insane amount of potential. Well, we got we to gotta rewind a little bit, though, from like why this would make sense that Mike Evans' career year is happening this year, which is that this is by far the most aggressive and downfield offense that Evans played in. Even with Todd Munkin stuff last year, the team is throwing the ball down the field way more often this year, even than they were last year. So this is like the perfect marriage of wide receiver talent, scheme, and quarterback like willingness to just like because the, the great thing about Jameis is he does not care if these throws to Mike Evans turn into interceptions. Like he's just gunning them in there anyway. Yeah, but anyways, like you said that before the show, first of all, we're, we're arguing about the spread between Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. I'm willing to give you three and a half points when you said that Mike Evans should be priced higher than Michael Thomas. Okay, fine. Three and a half for $25. Booked. And now tell me why you think Mike Evans should be priced higher than Michael Thomas at home against Atlanta. Well, basically, I think that if we're talking about matchups, this is neutral. Like, these matchups are just as good both ways. I think the Arizona matchup is just as good as Atlanta. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying one of them is significantly better than the other. And Evans has just been so... Breeze dome narrative doesn't... You know, you know that I don't do... You know that that's not me? Like, I know it's not you. Don't you buy into it a little bit with New Orleans? Well, I mean, the, the big issue is, is that Matt Ryan has not returned to practice. So it kind of seems like this is going to be Matt Schaub versus the Saints. And that to me could be, that could translate into a low volume game for the, the New Orleans Saints. And Michael Thomas is great. I, I'm not meaning to shade Michael Thomas here. I just, I think that Mike Evans is like, dude, he's having just, we see this every year. Someone just has the generational season where it just feels like almost unreal what they are doing. And Mike Evans is having that season right now. Well, he wasn't through three games. Now all of a sudden he's having that. He season. was sick, he dude. He games. had he had a really bad flu. I'm not even kidding. He had a horrible flu. Okay. All right. But we're talking like our baselines have Michael Thomas, higher yards per target, higher catch rate. We've got a higher team total on them. He's got a higher market share of targets. I bet our baseline for yards per target is wrong. It might be a little bit low on Evans, but I mean, he's so, a very high variance guy, dude. So Michael Thomas is 9.8 yards per target this year, and Michael Thomas is 10.1. So we have in between the, the what we are projecting and what is true for Mike Evans, and not, not true in the sense of that should be his baseline, but what he's recorded thus far, we are off by a yard and a half. So that's, that's a pretty yeah, big goal. Had a few monster games. Of course, he's going to be awesome. Well, I I wish that, and I don't even. This is not. Uh, this is this is really in the nuts and bolts. But I do actually kind of wish that maybe we can work on this in the future, where we would project instead of yards per target, we could just project average depth of target and catch rate. But that, just so you know, that feeds into our baseline. Like I'm sure, really, yeah. I'm running the A dot. I'm running their expect. So Mike Evans on his just based on his opportunity set for this year, based on no skill or anything, 8.3 yards per target is the expectation for him based on all, if you average out all his opportunities. Yeah. But are you accounting for the fact that he's a goat? 
Well, we layer that in after. Like, do you do you pre, do you pl- is there a button you can press to, to over the goalposts? It went from his the opportunities he's getting were under, and we have Michael Thomas on. Oh no, actually, hold on, I, I think I screwed that up. We have Michael Thomas at seven point six yards per target based solely on opportunity, not based on talent. Based on so you're giving him a giant. You're giving Michael Thomas like a three yard talent boost that Mike Evans is not getting. Yeah, so for their career... I disagree with that. For for his career, Mike Evans has less yards per target than expected relative to his opportunities. Yeah, I buy that. Meanwhile, Michael Thomas... Yeah, Michael Thomas has... So... so Is 1.86 yards per target higher than would be expected. So can I, can I, can I scale this back to you? So if you're using talent, that's a two-yard edge in favor of Michael Thomas. Unless so Michael Thomas will always count, except when I want it to count. Okay. Listen to me. Michael Thomas is always going to have a catch rate that is way higher than Mike Evans is, and that makes a huge difference in yards per target. And I'm not trying to. I am not trying to. Okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to Keep make going down this line because I, I want to hear how this ends. Well, like, how many yards per target do you get for an incompletion? Baseline being wrong. How many yards do you get on an incompletion? You get zero. Yeah, this is, these are all reasons why Mike Evans' yards per target is lower. These are all reasons why Mike Evans is maybe a more volatile play than Mike Thomas. And his baseline's lower. I just you're you're you have me tilting because I feel like Mike Evans is not getting enough credit for this amazing season yeah, he's having. And everything you point out is working against. Well, no, I I will say this: Mike Thomas is always going to have a better yards per target. So I don't think the projection is wrong. I think maybe I just disagree with the volatility of it. Like like in my personal stuff, I will I will be boosting Mike Evans more than our projections. I mean, if you're talking, I mean, we, we weren't talking pure ceiling though. We were talking regular projection. So right. Yeah, there's more Mike Evans has more volatility based on the opportunities he sees. A guy with a lower catch rate is going to have more variance and more upside relative to the base projection because if instead of a fifty percent catch rate that we project, he has an 80% catch rate on a week, he's going to do outperform his standard projection by way more. Whereas Michael Thomas, we're already factoring in an 80% catch rate. There's not as much room for him to overachieve our catch rate, right? Like that makes sense. Right. Yeah. That, yeah that, I mean, that, that, yes, that does make sense to me, but I just like Mike Evans. I'm on with you and you're like still not willing to accept. No, no. I I completely I completely agree with the the like the way that we handle the 90th percentile on that because because yeah, you're right. There's less you just room don't for agree that Mike Evans's standard projection is not his 90th percentile projection. Yeah, right. I think I think that's what we sh- I think that's where we could disagree is I just think that Mike Evans should be projected for like 30. This is like 30. Percentile yeah, projection. just yeah. <laughs> So that's basically where we're at with that. It's like the Ricky Sanders. Well, his ceiling is high. So if we project him at his ceiling. Well, well he's cheap. So. <laughs> yeah. Ricky. Well, he's cheap. So if it works out, it works out. All right. 
I guess we could talk about something else besides. Um, well, I guess we should. Why, do you want to? Do you want a chance to uh, tilt about how wrong you were about ownership projections last week, oh. and how you and how you got off of Lockett and Russ and all your stuff to play Keenan Allen? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So a couple of weeks ago, Pete Overset did his lineup challenge thing that he does for Roto Grinders. And it was so funny watching him because he was tilting playing Brandon Cooks over Stefan Diggs the week after Diggs had three touchdown game and Cooks has had zero good games. And Cooks ended up being 30% owned and Diggs was like 5% owned. And how like DFS has changed with like we're all galaxy brain players. So fast forward to this week, I'm like Keenan Allen, single digit. You're going to get Metcalf, Lockett. Evans, Godwin, all those guys are going to be like 25 to 30%. You know, if the game plays a little bit boring, whatever. I mean, I knew there was a chance the game could go absolutely nuts, which it did. That didn't tell me. What ended up happening, Keenan Allen, who I played on 50% of my Wildcat teams, while I faded Seattle, Tampa Bay, pretty much. Was, was just the chalkiest player of the slate? Was 24% owned. Meanwhile, DK Metcalf was 8% owned at a cheaper price tag and a better projection. So a third the ownership. And then Lockett was like 17% owned. So like meaningfully less than Allen. And then Evans was like 13. The only one that ended up truly chalky was Godwin. And it was just kind of like fluky luck that Godwin was the one that stunk. But like... Yeah, so DFS is hard when you're trying to be sharp. And, like, I know a lot of people say, well, you're overthinking it. You, you know, you just got to play the highest. Just production. play the best plays. Just play the best plays. And it's it's not that simple, but. I think I, I literally think last week was the only week of the year that, like, just play the best plays would have worked out for you. There's been a couple other weeks. The Houston Will Fuller week. Um, no, please don't. I do. I, like. I'm, I do wonder, did people not project Tampa Bay Seattle correctly? Or did they all think like me where they were trying to be like Mr. Theory expert? Or Definitely. They- so there's, there's three, there's three things feeding into it. There's people like you who were that like, Oh, highest total game of the week. Um, I'm, you know, just people are going to be all over it because there are not a lot of really good fantasy spots. The second was the people who switched over to green Bay, Los Angeles Chargers stacks because that total rose two points that Sunday morning. And then do you know who the third category of people is? I mean, there's the people that swapped because they thought they were dead, right? No, no. It's people like me who think that Seattle's just going to, who's just going to ETR it regardless of the script and just like won't play Seattle wide receivers. Well, I'll say that I thought that was a possibility, which in conjunction with the ownership made sense to play that angle. Mm-hmm. Oh, just dead wrong on the ownership. Like, I, you, yeah, the difference between you and me though is like that's your like base expectation. Hey, I played way I played way more of those guys last week than you did. I was uh, they were like that was my highest Russ plus Metcalf and Lockett was my highest own group of guys. I just so played the Lockett had correct me if I'm wrong 18 targets last week. Where are we at with Calvin Ridley and Tyler Lockett? Like, is that going to be a close one? Calvin Ridley's going to get a lot of targets from Matt Schaub this week. <laughs> So I really want to clip out from our draft. Pre-season Here's the draft. thing. Here's the thing. It's probably not going to end up mattering either way. Cause I don't think our team's good enough. Cause we drafted David Johnson in the first round. 
Yeah, but I still want to clip out that five minutes. We're we're not going to win thirty thousand dollars. We don't have Christian McCaffrey, so I still want to clip it out. You we do can still make the playoffs, though, can't we? We can still make the playoffs, but we can make I was the playoffs, dude. It's just all variants. I was looking. Well, I was looking at the payout structure of this thing we entered, uh, and it's not very good. No, all this season long, overall, it's, it's like really. If you don't get top five, yeah, it's it's like it's like literally, it was not worth your time at but all. You lead, but you got to factor in that you get if you make the playoffs, you've won a prize in the league, though. Yeah, and I mean, also, like, it's going to be really good for Roto Experts seasonal sales, and we're able to tout that we made the playoffs <laughs> in all these leagues. So I'm definitely counting that equity in there as well. All right, I suppose we should talk about this actual slate a little bit more. I yeah, so last week, I guess this week, I mean, it's hard to recover from a week. Like, if your strategy is the chalks overplayed, like, it's hard to recover from a week like last week because you have confidence. So, if you don't identify the chalk, the other thing for me too was in high stick, because I was playing the Wildcat, the 333 NDK, ownership condenses there quite a bit. So, I mm-hmm. was in these guys that were 25 to 30 percent, could have been even higher. So I was way wrong. Like that's why I faded. Like so, I have a I have a question for you. How much are you considering that in those high stakes things? A lot of guys are just playing their cash teams. So, like guys who are really popular in cash are going to be like owned a little bit more in those things. Like, are you? Do you think about that at all? Yeah, I do. Uh, So like, I guess that's like. Like and those guys really weren't used that much in cash, just the way it works. No, they would have been. They would have been on like zero of the high stakes users fantasy like uh, cash but teams. Were, people were playing Keenan Allen in cash. Some people played Keenan Allen. More people I played. Totally misread the market on where like Keenan Allen was going to be, um, and and some other plays too. I I I got to write at running back where I was like. I, you know, I don't think McCaffrey's going to be owned as he should because I went in the week when we should talk about McCaffrey for this week because 10K, I was like in my GPP Sims article, at first I was going to fade or be underweight McCaffrey. What ended up happening is I ended up playing a lot of McCaffrey because I locked Samuels, I had the cap space, and I faded the expensive receivers that I thought were going to be chalky that weren't. And I ended up playing a lot of McCaffrey. This week he's up even higher to 10.5. And I mean, I, I'm really interested to see what the ownership projection comes in on him. But you don't get the free square Jalen Samuels play this week. So there's not a there's not a free square, but there are some running backs that uh, if news breaks a certain way are, are going to end. Like they're not going to be 50% owned in the millionaire maker, but I, there are a couple running backs I could see getting above 30% who are cheap. But how cheap? Like who? like Ronald Jones at 4,300. If so, so Bruce Arians has already said once he said on after Sunday, after Ronald Jones had its most touches and most snaps of the season, he said, Ronald Jones has earned like the, the right to be playing that many snaps. And if he says another thing, so if on, you know, Friday press availability or whatever, he says, you know, Ron's our starter. We want to see him more in the passing game, yada, yada. I think he has a chance to be the biggest chalk running back of the week. Yeah, but he's not, he's not going to be Jalen Samuels free square though. No, he's not. But also, you have to think about 
in weeks where there are really attractive, expensive plays like Michael Thomas, like yeah, Mike so Evans, like Christian McCaffrey. Ownership, but as far as I think he's not a true free square. Yeah, it's different from last week in terms, I think, of whether or not you can fit McCaffrey in. And I think the ownership on McCaffrey might stay where it did last week, like 25% ish, except this week it's a worse play because he's more expensive. And you don't have the, even if you like Ronald Jones, he's not the same as Jalen Samuels in terms of squeezing him in. And you've also got Kamara and Michael Thomas, the New Orleans guys with this massive total against the train wreck that is Atlanta. And then, oh yeah, if Mahomes comes back, KC's underpriced across the board. So I think I'm fading McCaffrey this week, unless like the ownership really comes down because the, I mean, I know you look at the game log and it's like you got to play him. But when you're at 10-5, dude, 3X at 10-5. It does, doesn't cut it. It's 31 points. So I'll run our Sims, but I can't imagine we have him scoring more than 31 points more than like 25% of the time. I guess I can look at his 75th. His I mean, even, even if you think about how dominant he's been this year, like you think about how crazy he's only gotten over – 33 points. Wow. One, two, <laughs> three. It's like, like, it's like 50% of the time. Which is huge. But I think going forward, like our 75th percentile projection is 31. So 25% of the time, he's not going to hurt you, you know? Yeah. Or 20, or I'm sorry, 25% of the time, he'll score more than that and it's going to hurt you. But even like within that range, like until he's over 35, it doesn't bury you at that price tag. And then if for some reason he scores 20, which is still a pretty high running back score, like you're, you look great if he only scores 20. So I'll probably be underweight McCaffrey, even though I know I ended up overweight him last week at still a pretty high price tag. I probably will not end up over under. I'll probably be overweight almost for sure because I'm fine playing Ronald Jones a lot. And there are a couple of cheap wide receivers I really like too. Yeah, I think overweight's bad. Why do you think overweight is bad? Do you think you think the player you think the player you think the player who's the odds on favorite to score the most fantasy points of the slate is uh, is a bad overweight play? I think if he's tw- I think twenty five percent owned at that or higher, you want to be underweight because what I is the, the odds of him coughing you are so like if you super yeah it's very cash, low like okay. yeah yeah if you super care about min cashes like. That's fine, but if you're really trying to win a GPP, how how rich? How rich? Just don't care about min caches. Min caches don't matter. Oh yeah, it's super fun. Like last week was great. It was a really enjoyable experience. Yeah, just like the Will Fuller week. Well, I guess the I think the I'm just a shitty DFS player is the problem. The the thing is, that I'm doing it to try and win GPPs. For for CMC this week is Alvin Kamara is. $2,300 cheaper. And I bet I bet at a 90th percentile, I bet they're very close. I mean, we have the base projection Kamara higher. Like, if you think yeah. he's fully healthy, like, the team total difference is 11. Like, the team total in Carolina is only 21. You're going to take a 10-5 running back overweight at a yeah. 21 team total? I mean, the I mean issue, it's so different for him because he can just rack up so many catches, like, no matter what happens. But. The, the issue you're going to have with Kamara is I think we are now entering into an unknown with him because we've never – like, we've never actually seen 
at the same time, Latavius Murray and him playing well. Like I mean, it's not an unknown. It's what happened when Mark Ingram was there. That hasn't happened for two years now. Where right. because Ingram Ingram was so bad last year, like he was just a bad player. If you like, if you we we're giving Murray a thirty five percent rush share. Yeah, it's just the targets are so good for Kamara, and a six percent target share. Like, and Kamara still gets there. Like the efficiency should be really good. I know you don't play guys for efficiency, but New Orleans at home with a thirty two team total. I don't know. I think he's going to be – I think he might end up being pretty chalky anyways, but I think he's a really good play. Like, I think he would be, like, the good chalk in McCaffrey. If they were anywhere close in ownership, you would want Kamara 10 times out of 10 over McCaffrey if they're even remotely close. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I don't disagree with you. We we don't talk about cash in uh, in this podcast, but, like, if you were if you were playing cash games, which one would you play? Kamara. Yeah, like I, you're, I think you're overthinking floor here, dude. We have Kamara outscoring McCaffrey. I'm not. Look, man, I'm not. I'm not arguing. I'm. I'm not arguing with you. you. Look, I'm coming. Like, the people can't see you, but I can see you. You look a little squeamish. I. I'm. I mean, yes, I'm extremely squeamish about fading Christian McCaffrey. I that that makes I don't my my. Cash, so I'm. I mean. Let me let me tell you this. The feeling of playing cash games and then watching Christian McCaffrey just like swag surf all over your face to 40 DraftKings points and you don't have him, it is a truly horrible feeling. It is not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, we're just seeing news that Evan Ingram will be out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a tough look for some of my seasonal teams. Dude, so here I would play more Saquon in tournaments than McCaffrey. I mean, I just really don't like Saquon Barkley. He was so bad on Monday night. Did you watch? You probably didn't even watch the game. I watched like half the game. I he there. was like, I mean, he he looked like Sean Green for about seventy five percent of his carries. When running backs aren't playing well, they look like they're terrible. Yeah, like when like when <laughs> it, it is, it's true. Like there's no position where like if you are not doing like everything exactly perfectly, you just look incompetent. Well, I mean, I guess quarterbacks sometimes, but like just like when a running back gets tripped up like three plays in a row before they can get to the open field, like you know it's not really their fault and you know it's all just random, but at the same time you're just like, dude, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it lo- dude, it looks so bad. But I think unless you think he's not healthy, like we know Saquon's. I I kind of think maybe he's not. I kind of think I mean, maybe. That's, that's, okay, that's that's reasonable. Like, well, I think he's dinged up, and I think Daniel Jones is actually way worse than um than people thought he was going to yeah, be. But he had a good first game. Well, he also was really good down twenty points against um. Was it Arizona? I don't, he had like 30 DraftKings points against someone down to, but so this I mean, is a, it was Tampa Bay. It was the first game, the but he had game. another, he had another game oh. where he, he yeah, smashed. He I don't remember. Darius Slayton had two touchdowns. No, wasn't it Detroit? It was Detroit. It was Detroit. Yeah. Um, so Daniel Jones is, uh, he is averaging like 2.3 turnovers per game. Like he just is giving the ball away and it's very hard to consistently score fantasy points when the other team always has the ball. I had as a joke that week that he started and did really well. And Josh Allen had another really good game. I tweeted like analytics has been canceled. Josh Allen, Daniel Jones. 
And the amount of people that picked up on that, that like thought I was like serious. Serious. Yeah, I kind of want to go back and be like, analytics. how do you how do you feel about the Buffalo Bills being a uh, a two and a half point dog to the two and six Cleveland Browns? As you correctly stated in our Slack, it's my brand somehow. Like, yeah, just having you, to deal with this because I think the Bills aren't good, and I think the Browns every week are way better than they are. And now this this is finally the Odell Beckham week. I think I think this is finally the week where you can play him. He is so cheap, and you can play him. I mean, you might be if you played him in any sort of high stakes contest, like one thousand dollars or more, you may truly be the only entry that has him. I mean, fuck it, I'll play him. <laughs> he is Michael. He is sixty one hundred. Odell Beckham. He, so him and Keenan were the two guys I played a lot of last week. Odell, at least, was like actually low owned. He was like six percent or something. Yeah, um, people are uh, people are not into so uh, into that guy. I guess if we're doing the hot GPP takes. I'm gonna roll through stuff real quick. If Mahomes is back, I'm super into Damian Williams buying that at 4900. I like. I th- I don't think enough people will play Marquise Brown. I'm in um, on both of these. I lose money on Marquise Brown every week. Um, Good thing he isn't. Those are two that stick out a lot from the beginning. I wonder if the field will finally come around on Jack Doyle. Like he's usually a pretty good. He wasn't. He wasn't owned last week. He wasn't owned as much as he should have been, but he wasn't like super low. Um, Jasicki has been kind of a monster lately, though. And And Preston Williams is out. What? Preston Williams is out. Like Jasicki might see like eight targets this week. Are you going to like just lean back the whole rest of the show or are you going to talk in your microphone at all? Oh, you can't hear me? Well, I'm assuming no, I can't as much. I can hear you a little bit, but you know, just throw the quality audio out the, the window. Thank you. That's better. Can you hear me? How does my audio sound? Well, that was a little too much there. A little oh, bit better now. There we go. How's it now? Great. Perfect. We're professionals. Jisiki at 3100. I'm into that. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's price tag went up and he plays Chicago, so I can finally stop losing money on him. So that's good. Yeah, it that feels like maybe that was a pretty. Oh, uh, oh, here's the Galaxy Brain play. I'm ready for it. Jay Howard. I think whichever Buccaneers tight end is healthy. So whether it, whether it be Howard, whether it be Bray, whether it be Hudson, like whichever one is the start, because Anthony O'Claire is out injured. I think I think, who, I think Howard's healthy. He's questionable still. Oh, I thought I saw a good Arians. Bruce Arians said OJ Howard is ready to roll for week 10. There you go. OJ Howard streaming tight end. Dude. The only thing that might suck there is if like, oh, tight ends against Arizona people like work their way to OJ Howard and ruin the ownership. I right, think so that's, that OJ, that's the high takes three positions. Marquise Brown receiver, OJ Howard tight end, Damian Williams running back. I don't. I mean, do you even need a hot take at quarterback to win things? Probably no. Mm-mm. I know who Drew's hot take is going to be. He's going to play Trubisky for the seventh straight week. Does he still play Trubisky? Yeah. No, he doesn't. He does. I refuse I to like weeks ago on his Dink, recommendation. Dink hates Trubisky though. I know, but it's it's a play of like. Well, if you like, there's two things that could be happening, right? There's regular regression, which we all expected with a harder schedule. But what's happening with Trubisky is like 
like beyond regression. Like some, like he like completely fell apart. So if you think he's as good as he was last year, just with a tougher schedule, a little bit more regression, then it does make sense that he would have a few multiple touchdown pass games just because of Nagy and the overall team and whatnot. But he just looks like an absolute disaster right now. I don't know what's going on there. I think Josh he Allen, was all. I think Josh he was in two years. It's what I have to look forward to. I think he was always a disaster, and just Nagy kind of uh, paper mache well, over some of it. Disaster. That's why you would play him in GPPs because he was a disaster last year. Then and he threw five touchdown passes like twice. Well, the the difference between last year and this year is that they are just etring mega hard now. That's not true. It is very true. The biggest criticism of them two weeks ago was that they threw against the Saints like 47 times and ran and the And now back. they're just running. Okay. Uh, I guess. I mean, it, I'm it, not playing Mitch Trubisky here or there. It just it doesn't matter to me. I'm just not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Get your, like you, I got it. You just can't play. You can't play every quarterback. And to me, there are a lot of much, much better quarterback plays. Yeah. I know you're playing Kyler. You're obsessed with Kyler. Yeah. Um, uh, what, a, what a donkey play Kyler is, bro. It's not a donkey play. They're going to probably throw a thousand times. Yeah. Um, Kyler, uh, Kyler, Jameis, uh, definitely. Um, I, I, those are just going to be like my two most owned dudes. I, yeah, I just can't. the two that I'm going to be like, oh, too chalky. And then I'm just going to get destroyed again. Yeah. No, that what about, uh, what about, what about Matt Schaub, like Julio stacks if Matt Ryan can't play? Matt, Matt Schaub is 4,900. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could get on board with that because no one's going to play Julio. And then he threw, he threw 52 times for 460 yards against the Seattle Seahawks. Dude, that, that's kind of remember. I think we – was I on the show when we – I maybe I talked about with Dink. Like, I think Schaub is a guy who can move the ball. He's just going to do some dumbass stuff, like, in between. But, like – Yeah. I mean, gonna, Matt Schaub used to be good, like, a decade ago. Yeah, Andre Johnson, Kevin Walter. Let's go. Yeah, Kevin Walter, baby. People uh, don't even remember, bro. They don't even remember Kevin Walter and Steve Slayton. No, they don't. The good old days. I think – I mean, Breeze, unless you just think they totally take the air out of the ball against Schaub. Quarterback is a little bit more thin because a lot of the guys I like are expensive. Like, even, like, Goff is, like, 6,200. Um, you don't you know, like any cheap guys outside of Tannehill yeah. either. Like, usually we have a few, but it's, like, Tannehill against KC. My, my thing that, with that sucks with Tannehill is that I hate – like, I do not want to stack him. I don't want to stack him with these guys. Yeah, I mean, at least the guys are cheap, though. But you they're cheap, still, but they're horrible. Yeah, if you pick the wrong one. John Lee Smith, baby. Yeah, I guess, but it looks seems like Delaney might play. Oh, no. That's disappointing. I, I do, do you see any, like, big, overwhelming chalk spot other than Arizona-Tampa Bay? Uh, New Orleans is probably going to be chalky, I think. People. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be chalky. But as far as um, like full game, if Mahomes plays, like Tennessee, Casey could get there. I mean, Casey's just underpriced, and Tennessee. Yeah. Deep. I think if you want to, I think the game that if you wanted to be contrarian and still have some upside, I mean, Green Bay, Carolina. Yeah, right. Green Bay has a Green Bay has a very high team total, and they're coming off of a week where they were so bad. So, like, in Devontae, I mean, 
dude, you want to talk about guys who have weird prices? Devonte Adams is sixty nine hundred. Nice. Sixty nine, nice. So him and it just feels like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are never are a, are a thousand dollars underpriced every week, and, and just not owned as much as they should be. So. I I've like that's the game stacked I like the most, but I'll probably after last week's debacle eat the chalkier games and just differentiate elsewhere because I don't have it in me. <laughs> you don't you don't have it in you to uh, to get to get smashed two weeks in a row. I, I I mean I was just completely wrong on ownership. Like I don't think Tampa Bay Arizona is going to be as highly owned as I thought Tampa Bay Seattle was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I I, like I think it's one of amazing games, but if Mahomes is, I I mean, a lot of it comes down to if Mahomes is back too. But I mean, Casey, Tennessee, Arizona, Tampa Bay, um, New Orleans. Even if you're not playing the Atlanta side, like there's spots. I guess the other stack that I would like um, golf double stacks. I feel like anytime golf double stacks are unowned, it's just worth it because he's kind of got the Trubisky thing going where at least Trubisky of last year, where if, you know, if McVeigh is just on his game and they're just scheming, right. He, he can throw for 400 and, and three, and you know, it's going to be concentrated on certain guys. They don't, really I, I is it much. a, is it a bad, is it a bad take to say that I am just a little bit less interested in playing Rams guys on the road? I thought you just told me you didn't buy into that stuff. So I, there actually is a legitimate reason by why maybe that would be true with Goff. Is it relaying the calls to Goff? Yeah. Because he can't do it himself. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that speculated by people who I think are bad at DFS and by people who are good. So it just it yeah. seems like maybe it has an element of being true. I think that's fine. I I think there's a chance that he's like one percent. Um, 1% is very low, but single digits, one, a hundred percent. I mean, it could be 1%, dude. 1% is very, I mean, I guess no cooks this week. So, you know, what's very dangerous for me is like, I love Josh Reynolds and I just, I always play him and he sucks. He's like a very, he's always like just good enough to keep you coming back but well what he is is he's horrible yards per target but somehow like no one runs hotter on touchdowns than josh reynolds josh reynolds already this year except as he did not run hot on touchdowns when i played him in the nfc championship game that dude got tackled at like the one twice so he already before this already had more touchdowns than brandon cooks did on the year (laughs) Like even before these, like that's crazy. So I don't know. I Cup Reynolds Woods, all three of those guys are not owned this week. I don't think. Cup Cup he'll carry carry like like a little bit baseline of like nine percent. But dude, a couple weeks ago against Cincinnati, he was single digits in high stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. So I think you could get golf sub five, cup sub ten, Reynolds and Woods around five percent. That's a pretty low in stack. And then is it was it one of your Gilcast guys? Was it Nate or was I thought I saw or maybe it was Amico talking about continuing to play Tyler Boyd? 
Oh no, they're not playing Cincinnati this week. Never mind. I I, I was relaying back to the Cincinnati. Uh, it was probably it was I, that sounds like that sounds like Nate to me. I think it was Amico, but it could have been, if Nate had said it, we wouldn't know the difference. I guess Juju would be the guy you could run back. I mean, Boyd run. is like seventh in the NFL in targets, and he is forty seven hundred. What? I gotta check our target. Our target share on him isn't that high. I just well, know, AJ I Green. AJ Green is where, playing this week. I had a couple weeks where I played Boyd and Alex Erickson. How target had him. like fourteen targets? Yeah, wasn't. Pleasant. I mean, I, I'm being I'm being saved from this Tyler Boyd price because um, AJ Green is back this week. I like that we've had no structure to the podcast this week. We just started arguing about Michael Thomas. And Mike Evans and decided to hit record and just went from there. Usually we have some semblance. It's it's. I mean, when Drewby did the show with me, he made me write him up an agenda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was like, he was like, you know, I'm not really prepared. I think it would be helpful if we had an agenda, so it was a little bit more structured. An agenda. And Drewby is the one who outlined the show as like the hot take show, and then then he needed an agenda to give. He needs he needs an agenda for the hot takes. That's like such a six condom move yeah the I'm team good. that i the team the team much. that i have saved as my placeholder after doing this show is is it's ugly i want to hear it kyler murray Her- christian mccaffrey ronald jones calvin ridley curtis samuel josh reynolds jack doyle saquon brown's defense is just what i'm using to register my games as like that's the team where like if i got in like a mortal car accident uh, at least, like my my contest would be live, like while I was in the hospital. I've talked about this, and I never do it myself. But there's definitely hidden EV and making and just leaving that team in. No, just making a good dummy team instead of like a dummy dummy team. Like I've had, I had a, an NBA playoff slate where like I didn't upload my <laughs> CSM. your file. Yeah, and then I had a dummy team instead of like. Like even if I ran a train of like a legit like at least eight players playing and nearly filling out the cap, like you could get lucky. I I Make never register. I never register with like a dummy team. I like always put in an actual team that would be live if I died. This is like one of the things that you do that's sharper than what Drew does. Drew registers with dummy teams. Yeah, we're just lazy. I do it too. We're lazy. Click, like click, the click. first thing, the first thing I do in the morning when I like go up to my desk to work is I like, okay, I register for soccer and I get whatever in that I need. And I register for NBA with like, whatever is actually like a reasonable team. It's like the first thing I do when I start working. And it's good for the rest of the day because it's like, you're thinking about the NBA slate and you're thinking about it in context of like, okay, I actually know what this slate is, what, what's going on instead of logging on it at, you know, an hour before lock and being like, hope the projections are good today. <laughs> Some of us, you know, are busy when we start work for the day and we don't have times to make quality dummy teams for eight well, different sports. Well, I don't have a, I don't have a kid. I just have a dog. Fair enough. Sick I got anything else? Um, well, I mean, I do think we need to talk about like the fact that I think pricing is tight this week. Cause there just is not, yeah. we, there just are not a ton of obvious values. You know, there are more obvious values than there were 
last week. So last week, in terms of just guys who are positive values, period, in our projections, there were only like 20 guys. This week, there is a lot more, but it includes some guys that I would like never play um, in a like tart. The values are bunched. So right. running back, we have Kamara way ahead, but then you know, usually we have like a, like a tier of like five running backs that are like, okay, if you're playing cash, it's three of these five running backs, you know, might be some dissent over which ones, but it's, it's, that's the pool this week. I mean, that pool could be 15 guys real. Like we have them pretty tight. Um, like, like a seven K Marlon Mack is, is near the top of our values. Well, I mean, they have a 27-point team total, and they might have a, a backup quarterback. So, no. it may, well, they might have their third-string quarterback. So it might just be – that could be the, the first time all year you guys actually project someone for more rushes than passes. Yeah, we'll have to check that. Um, receiver yeah, – do, do you have cheap guys you like other than Josh Reynolds? Um. I'm afraid to tell you who is like okay as a cheap guy. I mean, I I am I am definitely okay. Are you are you done with Cole Beasley or uh, or are you good? Two targets last week. He scored a touchdown though. Oh, that was big. It was big that he did that for me. <laughs> I mean, there's just not many good cheap guys. Like he's probably among them, but I mean, he's not. Like I, if I was playing a tournament, I'd play AJ Brown like over Cole Beasley probably. What uh, what what are we gonna do with Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald rates? Like, are we are we after the game last week? Are we keeping Christian Kirk at twenty four percent MST? That's high, I thought. Yeah, I mean that's one to double check. But if you think he's fully healthy this week with a long week. I mean, he's been back for two games. Okay, I might have just messed that you, one up. You then. made that up. Yeah, it does look like I'll have to check because we have him. He was 12 targets his first game back from the ankle, but then they barely used him against the 49ers. I mean, you got to talk to Drew. Drew did uh, Drew did those target shares. He kept Kirk at 24 and fits. I can, I can, uh, I can just already see the money pit that is uh, Sammy Watkins at 5100. Just like. Great. Really yeah. excited for that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the smash play if Mahomes – because I think that would be the one guy people still don't play enough of if Mahomes is back, whereas like, I think Hill and Kelsey would be owned. Him and Dane – Yeah, Dane, Dane you're, you're getting 2% ownership on those Dane guys probably. Sammy would be the guys I'd be most interested in because they're cheap, and I think they wouldn't be as owned as Tyreek and Kelsey. But, I, I mean, I'd probably play all the KC guys. Um. Yeah, right now we have Kirk as one of the best values for sure. The low five K range. Yeah, receivers, man, it's it gets it gets ugly. There's not a lot of, and that that's another reason why I like Marquise Brown. There's just not a whole ton of guys in that range that I think really can go off. Or what about uh, I this Calvin Calvin Ridley? Am I pronouncing that right? At fifty four hundred, what what do you think about that? He's like our. 35th best value right now yeah but what if he gets a lot of targets though because they're trailing yeah if we project him at a lot of you're gonna do the ricky thing where it's like i'm gonna switch the pass run ratio (laughs) points i'm gonna jack up his market share of targets and then he's gonna become like the eighth best value and then you're gonna go and then if you give him his 90th percentile outcome based on yeah then he's a lock so 
Uh, just so you know, I just ran our stuff with zero shuffle, zero volatility. Uh, and in 150 lineups, I just got 86% David Montgomery. Yeah. How do you feel uh, about that? I don't feel great about that. I think he's going to be chalky too. Because we just talked about how that's a dead zone for receivers. And he's got all these goal line touches. He's had some good performances recently. I think he's going to be popular. I just, uh, I really don't like David Montgomery. Yeah, but do you not like him because people overdrafted him in season long, or do you not like him because you just don't like him? I don't like him because I just don't think he's very good, and I feel like there's just always like a way for him to lose touches and snaps to Tari Cohen. That's sort of like your Seattle take. Like, oh, there's always a way for them to... Hey, I played Russell Wilson in cash last week. So like you can't even you can't even tell me that I am like unreasonable yeah, about it. I'm making the bad week to bring that up. Yeah. Uh but I mean David Montgomery has been bad for eight games this year and he's had one good game. So Dude, running I mean the pricing is tough this week. It'll be interesting. Dude, David Montgomery is having himself quite the Jordan Howard ass year. <laughs> Um, I think I can finally not play Derrick Henry because he's more expensive, and I think people will actually play him this week. I just I, you were so pissed. I was like mad at you. I was like, "What are you doing?" Like I was pissed at you. I I couldn't believe it. You're supposed to know better, dude. Me and Drew both played him, and he it worked, baby. Oh, it worked. So that means it was the right play, dude. It was the right play. Derrick Henry is always the right play at sub six k. And like five percent ownership. He's not, dude. He's just a big fat fullback. I I have no words. <laughs> dude. dude, he's awesome. You don't think he's good? No, I just wish that like all running backs, I just wish that uh he's like a fast Legarrette blind. Yeah, that's actually a good descriptor of him. Do you who do you think weighs more, Leonard Fournette or Derrick Henry? Fournette. Do you think Fournette weighs over 300 pounds with his pads on? That was, this was, I've asked this on like every podcast I've done for the last week. I, think that's I really, over under. Let's, yeah, it. like I think that's the right line. <laughs> Dude, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed about this Gardner Minshew thing. He's not even, he's not on the slate. This doesn't matter at all, but I'm just, I'm, I'm bummed out. Yeah, me too. I think there's like a decent probability he's better than Foles. It's also brutal for my uh, my tank fest team in uh, in the uh, the old dynasty best ball league that you and I are in, where I sold you all those guys. I think I, I think I traded you Marvin Jones and Alshon Jeffrey for like a rookie third. No, you. I tacked Marvin Jones on the huge deal where you got a, you actually got a good haul where you got DJ Moore in my oh yeah two round picks for the two. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Should ask for more there. Oh, dude, you, you, like when I said, can you throw in Marvin Jones? You were like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, you can have I'll him. Give you a zero. Then you, I, my favorite part was you guys let me get Justice Hill at the three six in a rookie draft. Yeah. And then I liked, I like trade. I paid way more for him then than that. Traded Elshon Jeffrey and Jason Witten to me for him and mocked me. And a pick, I think, too. Deal. Hey, but I got Devin Singletary for like literally nothing. Yeah, after telling me he was undrafted. After telling you I'd rather get, I'd rather have Frank Gore. 
is your good times. This is, it's, it's fun to work for dailyroto.com. Very thing. We got we got there in the end. We did. We did. Um at, well dude, actually here, let's let's end it with that. Devin Singletary, five thousand oh, dollars on DraftKings.com at Cleveland, twenty rushing attempts, four targets last week. How is he not like a great play this week? If you look at the snaps here, like Gore still played a bunch. Gore got all the goal line. Well, carries. he got all the goal line. But but and, here's the thing: those and, carries. And, and if you listen to the coaching comments, they made it seem like it was more of a hot hand thing than it was. Yeah, because every time he touched the ball, he was gaining like twenty yards. Yeah, they made it sound like a hot hand thing, not like oh, we're gonna start smashing Singletary. Plus, I, I think the Bills ran a lot of plays in that game. If I'm they not did. So, so I think against Cleveland, they might not run a lot of plays. It's still going to be split some, and they have a low team total. I don't think it's a good play. That's interesting because I think he'll be sort of popular. I do too, and I think that's part of why I don't think he's a good play. Like, I don't think he's a good play to begin with, but I really don't think he's a good play if he's going to be even somewhat popular. Yeah. Um I mean, I guess the the thing I would say is that the Frank Gore stuff, like he's so ineffective that it's actually a self-fulfilling prophecy because every time he fails on a carry, he gets another one. So like his snap shares look weird because it should just be one carry to get a one-yard touchdown, but it actually takes him three carries to get the zero yards. Carries followed by a QB snake. Right. So it's like it's like actually he really got like eight opportunities. He just took like 12 carries to use those opportunities. It's like a very weird thing with him. Also, the Bills, are the they have Josh Allen, one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league, and their short down yardage go-to is to bring in all the big guys and run it up the gut with Frank Gore. It's like it's crazy. How are, you not spreading, how are you not spreading things out? They got Isaiah McKenzie, who's a great guy to run on wide receiver sweeps and stuff too. Like, how are you not going three wide shotgun, some sort of RPO option thing? Buzz yeah, it feels it just feels very bizarre. Like it's it's very weird. I don't By bizarre, get it. you mean stupid. Yeah. Like I just like what is the who is their coach? Like who is making these choices? I don't know if it's – I mean, McDermott seems like that kind of old-school guy, but he's not calling the play, so I don't know. You wish. All right. Well, well wait. Is John Brown the nuts then? He's got an explosion game coming. He, I think he's too pricey. But, I mean, yeah. I, um, He's pretty pricey. I don't know. I don't think so. I do agree with you. I think I could see the explosion game just because he's had like three times he's been wide open deep and Allen and, and Allen's just stone cold missed him. Dude, his deep pass metrics, I have to look it up on pro football focus, but they have to be among the worst in the league. I don't recall him hitting. I don't, well, I just don't recall him hitting on one all year long. Last year he hit on some with Foster. This year he hasn't hit on one at yeah. all. Not the best. I'm looking it up real quick. I am. Uh, I so we've just been doing this podcast for an hour, and uh, I don't know why people are listening. Josh Allen, 35 deep attempts, 11 completions, one touchdown, three interceptions. Yeah, that's bad. Quarterback rating of 41. Everyone else 
on deep pass attempts that's even remotely in the vicinity up or down 15 is like 60 or higher in quarterback rating and he's at 41 which is like it's even worse for him than you'd think because that should theoretically be the thing he's crushing at because he's got this cannon yeah yeah it's not like he's good at short throwing either Go Bills. Fog off. I mean, we're just. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're done. We're done. Everyone, please make sure to check out dailyroto.com if you want to argue about these decimals with us. Uh, you can come and join the Slack and argue with myself, argue with Michael Leone. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with a much more focused and serious look at the Week 10 NFL DFS slate.